0: The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Fulker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod Chat and welcome with your back. host, Barry Thanks for coming Carrellas. to chat. I am your host, Barry Krolls, and you are listening to Pod Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 19 years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to yet another episode of Pod Chat, talking dance. I um, <laughs> I just got a notification on my phone. Apparently, uh, Queens, New York, is now under tropical storm watch. Which yesterday it looked like this storm, which one is it, Henri? Henry um, would be completely missing the New York metropolitan area. But you know, we like to keep it exciting. It's becoming like a regular thing every year. We have some type of tropical weather system. What is this new normal? <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of exciting. Um, I have some other exciting announcements coming up in my next podcast this week, pretty much like my intro and my like, yo, this is what I'm doing. Um, my update, my weekly bi-weekly update, um, is, uh, nothing like too new, uh, pretty much like this past week, I really enjoyed teaching for Katie Morgan and friends again. And then I also, uh, taught for the first time for New York community ballet, which is this great program in New York city run by Mira cook who, uh, offers like sliding scale ballet classes for professional dancers. So, um, it's always nice to connect with a new part of the New York community. It's, it's funny cause our city is so big and there's so many aspects of this dance world. It takes, I mean, I've now, it'll be four years living in New York and like, a month and a half, but then also like I commuted for two years before that, um, and did some freelancing work as well. So, but in like the last six years, there's still many, many parts of this dance community that I have not yet gotten to tap into. So it was nice to get to do that. Don't mind the ambulance siren going by (laughs) just, you know, want you to know that we live in an urban area. Um, But yeah, so what else? I'm also going to be traveling to Houston and San Antonio um, September 2nd through the 11th. I'm really looking forward to working with two schools and building uh, solos for their students for Youth America Grand Prix. I'm also working virtually with some students in Bellevue, Washington, that's the Seattle area, um, working virtually to create solos. So I'm, I'm excited to start this year rolling with lots of choreography and just like, introducing some ballet-focused students to more contemporary ways of moving. Um, it's it's also nice to get to be able to travel again because, as we know, things have been shut down. But, um, I mean, obviously, like, the world seemed like it was getting better in June, and now it's like, oh my god, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more. Um, what's going on? Um, I am still planning on traveling, and of course, we will be doing things safely um, and masked. So uh looking forward to that um other than that I'm just grinding away trying to find a venue for my company's preview performances of our immersive nutcracker land of the sweets I just wrote an article for point magazine that will be coming out online in the next couple of weeks I'll keep you up to date on that and there's a bunch of other smaller things so just keep keeping you updated that's what's new so let's get on to this week's episode <laughs> Does does sound like a sportscaster Ballet caster? Dance caster? Um, okay, so, I always try to, like, sometimes I just talk about what I want to talk about, and then other times I try to do relevant content, and I felt like it was time to do a little bit of relevant content versus being like, let's talk about mental health like I did two weeks ago, um, And uh, I feel like my last few episodes have been more in that vein. So let's talk about something relevant to the current times. It's the beginning of a new school year, uh, but this isn't the beginning of any new school year. (laughs) How many times have you heard that in the last year and a half? Uh, Doesn't matter if it's school year or this or that, like everything's different. So yeah, for many of us, last year was unlike any other. Uh, Some took class in person some did it at home, some did a mix, we like to call that hybrid, Uh, and some changed constantly without any plan. You're going to come back to the studio, oh wait, just kidding, somebody tested positive for COVID in your class, so now we're all going to go quarantine for two weeks. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much like how things have been going. Uh, For others, there were no masks, and for many more, there were only masks. but yeah, by the end of the school year last year, we somehow survived, and for many of us, especially here in New York City, uh, where so many people have been vaccinated, by the time June rolled around, uh, like I was saying before, it was beginning to seem like the pandemic was slowly rolling to an end. Um, it was just a very welcome and exciting feeling, and it felt like we could get to return to the studio full-time and without masks um, by the end of last the school year, that not was a 2020-2021 school year. Um, it just was like this relief like oh my god everything's coming back and there's no more fear and if you just get vaccinated and wear a mask or actually i stopped i mean i would wear a mask like on the subway and in crowded places but i wouldn't always wear a mask everywhere i went um but yeah then july happened (laughs) insert the boom 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 um there was news of nearly 300 breakout cases uh which means that people who were vaccinated were infected with covid from events that happened in provincetown over the 4th of july weekend and uh, if you listen to my podcast you know that my husband and a friend and i actually went to provincetown july 1st through 3rd and luckily we left friday early afternoon which was the first day that the weather got really bad and everybody started going indoors the whole time Um, we spent most of our time outdoors while we were there but yeah um Missed that one <laughs> luckily, but then I we flew to Alaska and when we were in Anchorage, we were like, okay, it's more rural and remote. Um, I mean, Anchorage is a city, but like compared to like being connected to the rest of the world, um, and the numbers had been down and we were vaccinated, so we ate in a few restaurants, we went out dancing, we didn't wear masks, um, and we felt safe and it felt like the world was becoming a better place. And then my husband and I. Flew to Juneau, and the first day we were in Juneau, people in smaller places like this, especially remote places like Juneau, where you can't actually access the city by road, you have to either take a boat or fly. Um, They like to ask lots of questions, which I love. Um, I love interacting with people in that way. So people would be like, Oh, like, what are you doing in Alaska? Are you only coming here? Are you going somewhere else? And when we would, the first person we told that we're going to SICA, they were like, Ooh, have you heard about SICA? And we were like, "Uh, what do you mean? That doesn't sound positive. Um, And so they, after the 4th of July, two weeks later, like most of these things go, um, had 200 cases of COVID and they only have a population of 8,000. So it was like really, really high for their community. And um, per capita, they technically were like the most... uh, infected community in, in the country at that point. Um, and then even better uh, that day, they were all the, the a day or two after that news came out, they had their first cruise ship um, visit in two years, a year and a half since whatever, March, 2020, they had their first cruise ship in Sitka, Alaska and Juneau Alaska. They heavily, heavily rely on cruise ship tourism. I know in Juneau they said they could have it up to seven cruise ships a year. And these things are big, not a year, a day um so yeah they had this massive spike in COVID cases and then uh the cruise ship was coming in and they were filled like one quarter capacity like 600 people but they were all vaccinated they were required to be vaccinated but so they were nervous and then that cruise ship was coming to juno the next day so yeah we're talking to people and we're telling them we're going to sitka and they're telling us oh my gosh and then the second day we're in Juneau. <laughs> uh the mayor does a mask mandate um so you have to wear masks they did restaurants down to 50% capacity like they started doing the things that they do before they shut down um and so we were like oh god here we go again so that was like the beginning for us and that was before like the big news of the p town outbreak Happened, And then people start to like really talk about it. Um, So we started wearing masks again, it felt like mildly ominous. And then we came back home to New York City. um, And I started seeing a couple of people I knew having breakthrough infections talking about on on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Um, And now I know a handful of people that have had breakthrough infections. So um, yeah, it just like felt like things were getting better and now it's like super ominous again. And then there's also news of like kids getting sicker now and younger adults getting sicker now. So yeah, mentally I feel most of us were prepared at the end of the 2020 2021 school year um, to go about the 2021 and 2022 school year as if there would be regular classes. Everybody would be getting, would be remaining healthy. Virtual classes might disappear. Mask wars might have ended in a truce and we could all just play and tendu in peace, but welcome to the fact that we are not in control of everything in the world. So um, I feel like the school year will not be as easy as we had hoped, um, but also at the same time, I feel it will resemble the way that we used to take class more than it did at the beginning of this pandemic. Um, I was speaking to... Uh, a teacher, actually one of the one of the teachers who I'm connected with, with the school in the Seattle area. um, And she said, you know, I'm just getting really, really tired. And uh, my response was like, that's all great and all but what but that's what viruses want you to do. Viruses don't have feelings. So they want you to get tired. So you like, let your guard down, you just give up or uh, you just submit. So I feel like a lot of the country is kind of just starting to submit to the fact that people are going to get sick. Um, and I mean, the people that I usually work for are at least like putting precautions in place. But I feel like uh, kind of like our uh, economy, like they're really reluctant to shut down the economy again, um, but they're willing to like make changes and things like mask mandates, but I don't, I'm assuming we won't see like a a full shutdown again. Like, um, what's happening in Australia now. Um, but yeah, at the same time, like, I feel like things aren't going to be just like, we're all back in the studio all the time. Um, so yeah, that's where, where we are. Um, I, I can't believe we're still talking about this pandemic. It's like definitely a year and a half later now. But yes, we are still talking about this pandemic, and so I figured uh, <laughs> I would give you some tips to get your school year started on the right foot. Get it on the right foot. Get it. It's a dance podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I figured I would give you some tips to get your get yourself on the uh, start on the right track. Um, in the event that things are normal, in the event that things change, um, and I hope that this helps prepare you for a positive and fruitful dance year, uh, coming up. So yeah, let's get started. It only took me 12 minutes to get here. Um, <laughs> so number one, uh, this, I I've talked about in other episodes. Um, and I am really like an advocate for this because when I finally started doing this, I feel like my technique improved greatly. I feel like also my ability to like see improvement in myself change very quickly. And my I, I, I wouldn't get in like funk so much feeling like I wasn't getting better. Because um, for me, that was always a really valuable, important thing when I was dan- when I was pr- uh, preparing for a career. Um So yeah, write down three corrections from every class that you take. Whether you are in person, virtual, or some combination of that, you can only benefit from purchasing a journal and writing down the three corrections from each class. And I mean, you don't have to write down journal. If you're better like emailing yourself and keeping like a folder in your email account, or if you, uh, have one of those apps like Evernote, um, my husband loves to use that as a professional organizer, um, or even just the notes app on your, that come on, on your phones, um. Write down three corrections from each class that you take. It can be difficult to remember every correction in class, um, so just imagine trying to take a bunch of them and enforce them from day to day, week to week, and month to month. Uh, If you write down corrections, you can look back at them and use them to remind yourself to do them and to track your progress. And I I am kind of a stickler for just three corrections. Um, You can get personal corrections. And then there are also like general corrections in class. Um, And then maybe even corrections that you remember. But so uh, I would really focus on those general corrections in class and those personal corrections that you get from your teachers. um, Because uh, those are things that are being given to you at that moment. Um, But yeah, so if you write them down, you can look back at them and use them to remind yourself to do them and to track your progress. Um, for many students last year, I noticed that they would start to feel like they were, you know, kind of falling behind without being in the studio consistently. Um, and that, I mean, that meant like seeing the teacher regularly, getting physical corrections. Um, it can be really difficult to correct on a computer screen, especially like some dancers don't have enough space to like get enough distance or they can't figure out the right angle to really show. Um, so yeah, not being in the studio consistently, not getting physical corrections, also not having like, I always felt more motivated by having other people dancing around me. Um, that wasn't, that's another big thing for, for that work. That was it, for me. So not having that in studio, I don't want to say stressor, but I mean it in a positive way, not having that in studio stressor, um, you, some students definitely fell behind. Um, if not, and if they fell behind, chances are they weren't feeling good about themselves. They may not actually stay there. I've even had students who would just like turn off their camera and who knows what they're doing after that. But yeah, uh, like I said, also, it, it can be so challenging to offer valuable corrections in real time to a dozen little boxes on the screen as a teacher. Um, so it, it kind of works both ways, but getting back on track, if you write down three corrections, um, you are that much more likely to have something to work on. We, we, we often don't feel like we're getting better fast enough, but this is a great way to reassure yourself. Um, well, first off to remind yourself corrections so that when you go into the class the next week, if you take just a peek at your three corrections from the week before, it'll be easy for you to remember those and start to enforce them. Um, or even it doesn't have to be week to week if it's day to day. Um, but also, uh, It's a, it's a great way to keep yourself from getting down if you feel like you're not improving. Um, often if you, a month or two or three or six months later, go back and look at your correction book, you will, you will see, oh, I forgot about that one, but I didn't realize, like, I don't even have to think about that one anymore. Um, it's kind of like growing when you're when you're growing and you're going through a growth spurt. Like you look in the mirror every day and you see yourself and you don't actually see the growth. But after six months, you look in the mirror or you step on a scale and you recognize, wow, I grew three or six inches. Um, it's the same thing with dancing. You see yourself dancing in this in the mirror every day or every couple of days or every week um, or in your little camera and your your uh, reflection in Zoom or whatever app you're using. Um, so you can't necessarily calculate whether you're improving or not. Maybe, yeah, you end up doing two turns instead of one or five turns instead of four. Um, but for the most part, it's hard to quantify um, your improvement. And this is a great way to start structuring and uh, ha- like having a structure to look at, to show yourself whether you are truly improving or not. Um, so yeah, write down three corrections from every class that you take. Two, um improve your internet connection do it now i know as a kid you can you don't always have control over that um but ask your parents to maybe even share this with them uh while teaching virtually over the past year and a half uh there have been so many students whose connections freeze or they can't turn their camera on um whether that's an excuse or not um <laughs> but they can't turn their camera on uh because it gets too glitchy um and they just want to see what the teachers doing versus having an interrupted connection um or they even get booted out of class It's already difficult to take class from home unless you're one of the very few lucky ones that your parent can afford to uh, and want to build you like a space with a bar and wood floor and marley on top of it and enough room for you to move around without kicking a wall or a table or having a pet run under your feet. But yeah, if you have a poor internet connection, you're likely to really hate taking class. Imagine watching your favorite TV show and the dubbing is off for the whole episode. That drives me nuts. Every once in a while, something goes wrong with like Netflix and you're watching it and all of a sudden like you see the mouth move and then you hear the words and then you see the mouth move and you hear the words. It's really annoying. Um, or think of when you're in a rural area and somebody calls you. For us, it's more like on the subway, but the reception starts to go in and out and you hear like five words and you miss like a sentence and you hear like another sentence and it's just really annoying. So... um that's kind of the equivalent in my opinion, to having a bad internet connection and trying to be like attentive in a class. So let me preface, I guess this isn't a preface because I didn't say it first. So let me just say that I understand that not all families have the same means, so there will always be exceptions to this conversation. But if your family is like mine and somewhere in the range of middle class, um, you should be able to afford the extra $20 it costs each month to get a better internet connection. Um, and you're, you're probably going to find benefits in more places than just that. Um, one thing I have also noticed is if you you do have a poor internet connection and you do have a, a friend that maybe your family sees each other, uh, like maybe they're in your COVID pod um, and they do have better, better inter- internet connection, it couldn't hurt to go and actually dance with them if it's safe. If you're both, if you're both vaccinated or families are vaccinated or you wear masks. um, And also it might be nice to have that camaraderie. So if you can't afford to better your internet connection, you can always try to take class with a friend. Um, But yeah, for me personally, at the beginning of the pandemic, students would freeze on my screen or I'd freeze on theirs. And once or twice, my computer just lost its connection, which is really bad when you're like running a class. So my husband and I finally sucked it up and upgraded our internet from the slowest speed just up one level to the next tier and things have improved tenfold. Uh, we also ended up getting an internet uh, extender in our apartment. Our router is in our living room and our bedroom is linked down a long hallway even though it's only 800 square feet. Um, this has definitely helped us a lot. Um, so if you're in a basement and the router is in, in the first floor, if you get one of these extenders, that can help. Um, and for us, like my husband and I, the, our Hulu used to freeze in the bedroom. We watched like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, um, or the Goldbergs before we go to bed. And, um, it used to glitch and freeze and it doesn't do that anymore. So we've actually benefited in multiple ways from improving our internet connection. So that's like a home studio situation, which who knows when you're going to be in your home studio these days. Um, and even if you don't use it, I'm sure that you'll benefit from it in many other ways. Even if it's just watching YouTube videos without having to go like slowly loading or being choppy. And it really is not that much more. I was surprised. It's like, in New York at least, it's like three grande. What did I get today? I had uh, ice, brown sugar, oat milk, shaken espresso. Bougie. Okay, number three. <laughs> <laughs> Try to stay on track, Barry. If you've taken time off from dance, and that could mean either you took the summer off, um, maybe you took a portion of the second half of 2021 off of the, from that school year um, because you were burnt out, which I mean, a lot of people were. My niece was, sorry, niece, didn't mean to out you, but she's going back to classes. But um, there was a lot of conversation like, oh my gosh, she loves dance. How could she step away from it? Burnout, like virtual burnout is a was a real thing. So um, if you took some time off, more than a couple of weeks, do not go back in the class full force. Um, and this might look different for everybody because maybe everybody was in the studio and somebody felt burnt out, they stepped away for a little bit. Um, maybe everybody's been virtual and they haven't been able to jump at home. Um, maybe people just don't wanna dance virtually so they, they wanted to wait until they were back in the studio and they're finally going back to the studio. No matter what, is gonna be a different place, and every teacher and school should look at each student from where they're coming from and offer a different pathway back to getting fully in shape. Um, if you've had an extended time of per- time period off, you need to ease back in. Actual memory versus muscle memory are completely different things. If you were to go back and in to class and jump for the very first time in many many moons. You're going to be that many moons more likely to hurt your feet, ankles, and knees, maybe even your back, um, if you haven't held your leg at 90 degrees for just as long. Um, it would be it wouldn't be practical to hold your leg there for eight counts the first day that you come back in. Everybody needs some type of buildup, even after a week or two off. So I'd recommend doing what I do when I want to get back in shape after a significant amount of time off. Um, If you're taking ballet, don't do more than bar the first few times that you take, whether that's the first few days or the first week. Um, In fact, I often will work only up to 45 degrees the first week and focus more on sustaining movements versus overly dynamic ones. I mean, for me personally, I will also probably only go up to rond de jambes or fondues and do a handful of uh, conditioning exercises. Now, granted, I know that that's more difficult for schools that maybe have hour and a half classes. Um, but in reality, this is the w- the best way to build up and schools should think, okay, instead just like doing what we do hour and a half, hour and a half, or an hour, an hour, an hour, an hour, maybe the first week classes are only one hour long, or it's like 45 minutes in conditioning. Um, and then maybe the second week classes are an hour, an hour and 15. And by the third week, you build up to an hour and a half. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I just think that you need to think about add, like slowly adding more, not all at once, like add more each time that you take. Um, for me, like I, the first week I'll do like half to three quarters of bar. Second week I'll do all bar, maybe add tondus and pirouettes from fifth and center. So I'll go from like bar to just simple turns and simple balances, but I won't jump. And then I, yeah, I wouldn't recommend starting to jump until about the third week. Um, if you're coming, if you don't really focus on ballet and you're coming back in, uh, to other styles, the story is the same. Just the writing style is different. Um, simpler, 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 slower strength building exercises should be the focus. I wouldn't start with jumps in classes um, and a lot of classes where instead of starting at a bar, you start in in center. They should be simpler center exercises that really focus on building strength and stamina. Um, If you're in one of those classes where you do like technique to warm up and then you uh, do choreography, the choreography for the first few weeks should be limited to lower impact movements and focus again on building strength versus building that killer solo that you're going to perform at the end of the school year. You'll have time for that you're gonna get there but you're not gonna get there if you're injured so really just focus on that like I said this is a recommendation for dancers who have taken more than several weeks off but yes the last thing you want to do is get hurt as soon as you come back um, it's really just one of the most uh, demoralizing things it really takes all of your excitement out and it's it's probably one of the reasons that a lot of dancers end up stopping dancing because they don't like really build their way back all right number four make sure uh to check in with your studio uh before you show up to ensure that you have all the correct like things you need um that can be like dance attire that could be dress code um footwear or anything else that you may need um maybe i don't know most dance schools don't require like reading or anything like that um but maybe you have to have a skirt, I guess that's dance attire. Um, maybe they want you to have like a yoga mat and uh, like uh, TheraBands or different things like that. So it's just best to 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 check in with the studio. Uh, if they don't have it written down somewhere, call them up and ask them like, what should my son or daughter um, be in? Or what should they be in? If, if it's a gender non-conforming student um and then uh yeah make sure that you have things set up also like even if you know the dress code try on your clothes and your footwear because you might have grown over the summer um and you might need new ones um or if there are holes in your footwear it's like good to start fresh and looking like clean and feeling like you can really focus on dancing and not that you're like your toes are stubbing on the floor every time you move uh, there is no worse feeling than showing up on the first day and being the odd woman or girl or man or boy out um you just want to go and be able to like reconnect focus on the work and like just get the ball rolling as as simple as the the, the as simple as possible as smoothly as possible okay number five. Here we go. Okay. Oh, God. Here we go. Am I going to do this? Yes, I'm going to do this. Give your teachers respect and respect the requests in their classes. I think that this is pretty much an obvious, but I'm going to go one step forward. If your teacher wants you to wear a mask, even if the school doesn't require it, wear a mask. Okay? Wear a mask. Uh, one thing I love about our great dance community is the value that we put on respect in the studio. Now, I know there's always gonna be the conversation that like the dance world has a respect issue, that it's like too ingrained in people to like question, to not question things and that it helps create cycles of abuse, but also at the same time, having respect for people, other like other people and systems, there is also a value to that. Um, so we gonna have a conversation about that other thing another day. Um, but there's a great... Value put on respect in a dance studio, um, whether that's value to the teacher, value to the art form, um, value to your peers and the community, um, yeah, all that. Just so, just because your family doesn't wear masks and your school director doesn't think masks are necessary, if your teacher asks you to wear a masks, a mask. Do it because you don't know why your teacher wants you to wear a mask. Maybe they're recovering from cancer and they're immunocompromised and they don't want you to know because they don't want pity and they just want to be able to live their lives without people like thinking that there's something wrong with them. Uh, maybe they have a young one at home with respiratory issues and because younger younger kids can't get vaccinated yet, um, they're really nervous about them getting sick. And the news is saying that people are uh, kids are getting sicker um, than they were at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, maybe they have a parent who died of COVID or was like in the ICU or the hospital for weeks on end. Or maybe you should just go check out my colleague on fe- uh, my colleague's uh, Facebook, Emily Bufford, uh, who teaches at and Broadway Dance Center and learn why she requires mass in her studio. I'll give you just a little a little hint. Uh, back at the beginning of when COVID first started happening, she and I uh, were talking and trying to decide if we were going to continue to teach her classes. I said, I really feel like I should stop teaching. And she said, I will teach until they shut everything down because I want to be here for my students. Um, And she ended up getting COVID in the initial New York City outbreak. Um, And she didn't have COVID in the... And I'm sharing this because she shared this online. I'm not sharing a personal story without her... um, her good graces um this is all stuff you can find on her facebook but so she ended up um getting covid in the initial new york city outbreak and it wasn't like typical covid but she ended up having some heart issues um and she is still having issues so that's march 2020 it's august 2021 um she is going in for regular medical testing she's actually like a case study for long-haul covid and she was one of the first she's actually the first person i had heard of who was having extended COVID system, uh, symptoms before they came up with the term long haulers. Um, she is back to teaching in person, but she hasn't returned to her former health self health-wise. Um, just go to Emily Bufford. It's B-U-F-F-E-R-D. Just go to her Facebook page and read all of her posts. And she, I mean, sometimes she can be a little bit aggressive, Um Broadway Dance Center has uh, mask policy in place, again, um, because of the Delta variant. Um, but uh, apparently some teachers, you know how like they'll record the combination at the end so they can share it on their social media. They're taking off their masks at the end of class to do that recording, um, which in, essentially is putting the next class at risk because they're leaving. Um, so yeah, if you... If you're having a moment where you you're being asked to wear a mask, whether it is school policy or not, just put a mask on because you don't know why somebody is asking you to wear them. Um, and maybe they don't need to share with you why they they need you to wear them. Um, again, I've talked about this a lot in New York. We have had so much trauma. Um Nobody experienced, I know that the, the whole country in the United States and all, um, most of the world has now experienced the pandemic, but nobody exper- experienced the pandemic like uh, Wuhan, China, like uh, Italy and like New York city. Cause we were the, we were the, we were the test studies. We were the ones that everybody watched when there was no information about what was happening and no understanding how to treat people. Um, and nobody had to go through what we went through. Um, and so it's, it's hard to sit here and have to like explain why I would want you to wear a mask in my class because like that means that I have to tell you and then relive like the trauma that I went through at the beginning of 2020. And you don't know the trauma that other people are going through or the fear that they're experiencing. Um, and then for you to go and fight with them because you don't want to put like a piece of fabric over your face for an hour and a half, um, it's, it's ridiculous. So... Screw mask wars. Just be respectful. Um, I remember there was a study. I'm getting so sidetracked here now. Um, I remember there was a study. Not study. There was like a, an article that w- came out in April or May of last year in 2020, and like somebody they their lung collapsed because they were like working out with a mask. But like nobody ever saw the follow up. Like did that person have a pre an, an unknown pre existing lung condition would have collapsed if, even if they didn't have a mask on. Um, who knows. Uh, but if a year or two of discomfort will allow like people to feel safe and comfort- and safe and comfortable enough to like share their passion and experience with you, just do it and don't get in fights with people. Like it's not worth it. And if you have a problem with it, just don't go to class. Okay, Stop dancing. There, I said it. If you have a problem, take a sabbatical from dance and when things come back to normal, then you can come back. Okay. rant over. Okay, so I'm going to have to follow up that that with, uh, with... Okay, I guess I have two more. Um, Okay, number six. (laughs) Come up with a game plan now for what will happen if you have to go back and forth between in-studio and virtual classes. I know we all have our hopes up that we'll be in person all year round. But like like I said, it felt like things were getting a lot better here in the United States back in like May and June. And then the Delta news started coming out in July. And now we're in August and I'm preparing to do this like immersive nutcracker in December and I'm starting to question again. Like I was with other things like, should I like fully invest in this or should we do a preview? Because what if they shut everything down? I don't want to lose like $50,000 and like, money to build up this production. So, um, we, we have to start making game plans again, as if we are back in the 2020, 2020, 2021 school year. Um, but now we have the knowledge and we've been through it. So instead of just like letting it happen to us and like coming over, like washing over us like a tsunami, um, come up with a game plan uh, improve your virtual setup and be on the internet. If you're using an object that isn't stable to hold on to for class, change it. It doesn't mean you have to go out and buy, buy something new. If you have if you're holding onto a chair, that's too low, get a different chair that's higher or find a different surface. Um, and then if it's too light and it's moving around, whether it's like a light ballet bar that you purchased or chair or table, you can put weights on top of them. If the chair is too low and you don't have a higher chair, Get books and put them up and then put a weight on top of the chair so it's stable. Um, Excuse me. Um, Make sure it's flat so that it doesn't fall over, Um, but you can do that. You don't have to suffer through bar holding onto a chair that's too low or fall over when you're balancing because the bar moves. Um, if you can't afford Marley and you're on a really slippery floor um, or even on carpet and you need, you need more slipperiness, um, you can buy a shower pan cleaner, uh, liner, sorry, shower pan liner. Um, it's essentially a very similar material. Even some studios use it for their floors. Um, it's much less expensive than a square of Marley. Um, also, make sure you have clear preparations for classes when you go in person. Pack your dance bag the night before. Include snacks, water, dance shoes, and a change of clothes. The more preparation you do for both of these scenarios, the less stressful it will be to make adjustments. So it's that idea, like if you're going, like I had hybrid students this year, and students would forget their dance shoes, and you go, okay, well, why did they forget their dance shoes? Probably because they were dancing virtually the last time that they had class, maybe they took their shoes, left them in their virtual studio and forgot to put them in their dance bag, they come in to class, they're excited to finally be in class. And but now they're not fully prepared. And they don't get to enjoy the experience in full. So I am a huge advocate for Google calendars. My husband, and I actually share one. And then also um, one of my uh, friends and collaborators and benefactors and I share one because we often share her photography studio. Um, Create a calendar. You can put notifications and do it the night before. You can do it for like continuously for week after week after week. Um, The day before you have dance, say pack your dance bag. Even if you end up going virtual, keep it in there because the worst thing you can do is just swipe it away. Um, to surround yourself, pack your dance bag the night before. And remember, it is not your parents' responsibility to make sure you have your clothes and your shoes um, and something, and a, maybe a snack. Yeah, they should provide snacks, but packing it should be your responsibility. So all of this is already stressful enough. So really it's just about the idea of like preparing to for whatever scenario you could be in so that it, it creates the, less, the least amount of stress. And if you're less stressed, you're gonna be able to enjoy things much, much more. So yeah, why not get ahead of yourself, all right? Okay, my last one. Make a list of the reasons that you love to dance, okay? Um, I know I've told you I like to make other lists, um, but this is also another important one. Um, when times get tough... And whether that means you don't get promoted to the next level, that uh, you are forced to go virtual for two weeks because somebody tested positive uh, for COVID in your class, Um, whether it means that you don't get casted for the role that you feel like you're owed because you were at a school for a certain period of time, but maybe you missed six months last year, or maybe you struggled with online classes. Um, and so many other things, um, your best practice will be to remember exactly why you fell in love with dance and why, why you should continue to dance. Um, these are exercises that therapists give to people for multiple things from marriage to, um, friendships to, uh, really anything you have a relationship with, whether it's a person or it's an activity or uh, substance, etc. So, um, it's, it's really smart for you to make a list of the reasons that you love dance and maybe even like put them out, put them on your refrigerator, put them, uh, on the, uh, what's it called? The locked screen of your phone. Um, put it on a post-it note, uh, next to your alarm clock. Um, put it on your locker in school or in the dance studio. Uh, it's just like affirmations. Like I had a really bad day and I'm really angry at myself and it's starting to make me feel like uh, maybe dance isn't right for me. And then you like go into your locker and you're like, you know what? Oh, I wouldn't have all these friends in dance. So I wouldn't have all these friends if I didn't have dance. And I love seeing my friends and they dance. And I know that I am so connected with them because I see them every day because they dance and I dance and that brings us together. So maybe that's, a reason that you love to dance, maybe uh, home. Your home life is very stressful, and you getting to go into dance is a way for you to like work on betting yourself, but also to like get out of that environment and to have like a positive outlet. Um, maybe you love dance because it's uh, fitness and it gives you endorphins. Um, maybe you love dance because uh, it lets you like express yourself in a way that you can't with words. Um, whatever it be write several reasons down and then put it somewhere where you're going to see it regularly because you know when the going gets tough sometimes we start to feel negatively and we we can't recognize that we don't feel negatively towards the thing we're just having negative thoughts but when you have negative thoughts while doing something or while with a person or anything like that if you start to tie those negative thoughts to that activity or that person um or that thing, chances are you're going to start to feel negative towards that and you might be likely to stop doing that. And in this case, we're talking about your relationship with dance, dance. So make a list of reasons that you love to dance. Yeah. So even though I'm not technically a student, most of the time I'm in the studio, I am. But um, even though usually I'm at the front of the room giving corrections and helping guide dancers in their practice towards Uh, health, fitness, careers, uh, discipline, self uh, motivation, loving oneself, etc, etc. Even though I'm not usually the student now, I also do have to do my own prep to get my year started smoothly. Um, So it's not like students are the only ones doing work, I I have to do the same thing. So do all of your teachers and directors, and everything in between. So um, this isn't just something that students should do. Um, I think teachers also need to go through and just start to come up with a game plan so they can get their year, their school year, the 2021, 2022 school year off on the right foot. I mean, obviously we can all cross our fingers, um, and hope for the best and wish for the best, but you know what? I'm not a, po- a pessimist, an optimist. I'm a pessimist. Just kidding. I'm a realist, but I'm also, I tend to be more likely to think that something's gonna go wrong than something's gonna go right. That's called catastrophizing as I'm learning in therapy. Um, oh, you could do that too. I'm going to add that to the end. If you want, I go, I'm on betterhelp.com and I see a counselor weekly and it's been spectacular. Um, So don't be afraid to get counseling. Um, So yeah, uh, we have no idea what's in store for us as we move forward into this school year, this new school year. Um, I do have hope. I just said I'm a pessimist, but I do have hope that things are going to uh, look more like they have in the past. Um, but we truly don't know what this next school year is going to look like because the news started to get better and then it's getting worse and maybe everything will stabilize again. Maybe we'll continue having these like spikes and drops and spikes and drops and it's just going to be our life for the rest of of time. Um, or maybe we will be able to eradicate this virus from our local, regional, uh, state, national, international communities. Who knows? But, uh, fingers crossed on that. But, uh, I always feel it's better to be prepared, um, in, in the event that you don't get the best outcome and then at least you'll be okay and you'll be able to continue, uh, moving forward in a positive direction. All right. So that's this week's episode. I hope that this offered you some valuable information to have a great school year. Um, whether that means you're a child going into dance classes or an adult getting back into recreational classes. Um, and Yeah. That's that. I hope that this year I'm starting to travel more that I will get to interact with more of you. Um, If you do see me, if you come take my classes, or if I come to your community and you are a listener, do remember to come and say hi to me. I love meeting you guys. Um, Also, if you have any ideas for a podcast that you might find interesting, um, I am back to podcasting every two weeks again. Um, So feel free to reach out to me. I'll be sharing in my outro all the different pathways that you can communicate with me. All right. Um, So with all that said, I hope you have a wonderful day. Week, month, start the school year, and beyond. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Potta Chat, Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrykerrolis.com. Again, that's www.b-a-r-r-y-k-e-r-o-l-l-i-s.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. Another pathway to reach out to me is by visiting my company's website. And then you can find that and check out my company at www.movementhqballet.org. We are a movement headquarters ballet company. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts are being added regularly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is Beakrolls, or on Twitter at Bariscos. You can also check out Movement Headquarters on Instagram at Movement underscore headquarters. Also, be sure to check out my blogs. I have Life of a Freelance Dancer, where I wrote for five years about working as a freelance artist and independent contractor working across the country. Uh, I also wrote on dancing off stage. And on that blog, I wrote about the post-performance careers of professional dancers. You can also check out my work on YouTube. I have my personal YouTube, B Corollas, and my company YouTube, Movement Headquarters. And you can go there to check out my choreography for listening in to pod of chats i hope you return two weeks from this saturday to talk dance with me and rem- remember to go out and support your local dance scene